Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Tuesday, October 3rd. We are firmly in Halloween month. For the first time. I mean, every week we basically said it was pretty much Halloween month, but this is the first time it actually is. It is Halloween month. Yeah. And in honor of Halloween month, we have a couple special guests who will be doing a very cool special event screening here at the Mayfair, and I'll just let them introduce themselves now. I'm John. I'm Jameson. We are two members of the Nosferatu band Death Ships. So Death Ships will be in to do a silent film live band presentation, which is a fan favorite thing at the Mayfair here for quite a number of years with different bands and different films. This is, especially for Halloween month, Nosferatu, was it a year ago we had the centennial screening of Nosferatu? And that was our first centennial screening. Everybody was excited. I was excited. I think everyone was. Yeah. That's how we got the gig the first time around was because of the 100 year anniversary. And it's always cool to screen a movie older than the cinema. Yeah. Because the cinema is 1932, so that's pretty old. But to screen something 10 years older with live music, even though it's more modern rock and roll-y kind of music, I always say it it just feels like time travel. Yeah. And especially in this surrounding and everything. There are a number of cool silent films out there. Did Nosferatu jump out to you guys for any specific reason? Well, me and Lee have known each other for a long time, and uh, I went to Ottawa U for music and did a similar sort of project when I was in fourth year, where we uh, found some old sheet music from the archives, and we did we did a score for a Canadian silent film called The Cat and the Canary. So me and Lee had always been talking about doing one, and I think Nosferatu was always probably one of the top picks, that and Metropolis. Uh, Lee approached me like probably about six months before Halloween last year and said, look, it's the 100 year anniversary. If you ever want to do it, then this is, this is the one you want to do. So I assembled a band. JMO was the first person I asked to join. The other people are John Brownlee, Brian Wallen, Graham Everett, and Annie Martell, who we all play with in other projects. So we assembled the band and got the ball rolling and put it together. Yeah, that's what I was curious about a year ago. I wasn't sure if Death Ships was a super band that came together for this specific event. Kind of, yeah. We mostly play like more singer-songwriter and indie rock type stuff, so it's very different from what all of us do in other projects together and separately. Have you guys done other silent film stuff? No. This this, was your first one? This was the first, yeah. How daunting was it? How much work was it? (laughs) It was a ton of work. It was... Highly daunting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All of the things... (laughs) You don't really have a roadmap for something like this, you know? It's not like writing songs and coming up with parts for it. It's like, what's going on in the movie is what dictates what we're writing, not... Yeah, it's not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it kind of freeing in a way, like, because it's so different from normal songwriting? It's like a completely different thing. You got to go, like, scene by scene and be like, okay, how are we going to approach this or whatever? Yeah, we kind of just, like, mapped it out and, like, chopped it up into scenes. Kind of just brainstormed ideas of what's going on on screen what should this feel like and it's like often kind of moods that are not what we usually do <laughs> not like, moods that find like, their way into like we gotta music. come up with yeah. something spooky or something like invoking paranoia yeah yeah it's like not love it's like songs <laughs> yeah right <laughs> or like breakup songs or anything it's yeah, like yeah. oh my god <laughs> you gotta be spooky <laughs> that's what i mean there must have been times when you're writing your own stuff where like you've come up with sort of sonic ideas or whatever where you're like okay this might not quite work for the style i'm doing yeah. put it on the side for now and then maybe come back to it or something yeah actually and the process of i feel like we have come up with all these 
songs that didn't make it into the movie because they don't really fit. Yeah. But they yeah, might but be used cool. for another project someday. Well, yeah, because I guess you're just kind of jamming all this time. <laughs> exactly, like you're just figuring yeah. stuff out and you're like, oh man, that riff is amazing, but and not for Nosferatu. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes someone will come to practice with an idea that is like a cohesive thing that everyone can build off yeah. of, but a lot of the time it is just, yeah, jamming, it's jamming it out. Yeah. Cat in the Canary, like, I don't know if I've seen, like, the Canadian version, but I really like the Bob Hope version. Okay. Like, 39, I think. Okay. And, the, and that one is a lot more comedic, but also kind of scary. Like, yeah. Quote, unquote, scary for that time period. And, mm-hmm. like, it's funny because, like, I mean, that's not a silent film, but it's interesting. Like, Nosferatu is, like, there's maybe a couple of light parts in the beginning, maybe, but it's yeah. really more straight horror for me. There are a few parts that... Yeah, there's happier scenes at the mm-hmm. beginning. For sure. There's like a, with yeah, exactly. Like that. Yeah. Before the bad stuff happens. Even just some like kind of in-between scenes where it's like, well, it doesn't have to be super scary sounding mm-hmm. right now. There's not much going on. Yeah. Like there's some kind of nature shots and stuff. We're able pastoral to do, scenes. yeah, sort of like a bit more pastoral sounding <laughs> ambient type stuff. That's really fun. Like, do you ever, nobody wants to admit this. Has anybody, like, missed a cue, but you're able to, like, massage it and figure it out? Like, fish-type bands who play so many times together. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. able to, like, the audience has no clue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just the reality of playing live music in general. But when you're playing something straight for, like, an hour and a half, yeah. and you have to transition smoothly from song to song, it's like mistakes are made kind that's of thing. daunting. Like, it's just amazing. Like, I've played tons of shows, but as, you know, you're playing eight songs, and you're stopping. Yeah, you, you all get that breaks between the songs, right? It's fun. Tune but your guitar you're like, and stuff. Uh, yeah, to even approach what you guys do is just awesome. It's something I would like to do, quote unquote, but I'm also like, my God, the undertaking. Yeah, it's a lot worse. <laughs> Start ahead. That's our advice. <laughs> yeah, give yourself a couple of years yeah. to work on that. It's a lot easier the second year. And always these movies kind of forget that they came out really early on. And it's in the era where people were running from a cinema because there was a train coming at them or ducking because there was yeah. somebody shooting at them. And there's a few scenes in movies like Nosferatu that are really creepy and scary. Yeah, it's true, actually. And I imagine if this was, like, the first time you saw a moving picture, it must have been genuinely terrifying. Yeah, that Nosferatu is a bad egg. Yeah. <laughs> He's so creepy, too. Like, yeah. just, it's such a good movie. It's, yeah. But, it, like, it doesn't overstay its welcome, either. Like, it's just, it's nice to look at. And then, I mean, even aside from the music, which obviously is really fun to watch and listen mm-hmm. to, and stuff, you can really zone out to that movie. Like, it, there's so many scenes that are just unsettling. Yeah. It's definitely, like, considering how old it is, it's aged really well. I we screened one, Hexen? Was that what oh, yeah, it was called? Yeah, Hexen. Hexen. And it's another of-the-era okay. horror film with a lot of witchy stuff and demon stuff. Like Swedish, maybe? Swedish, like people being kidnapped. Really scary. <laughs> like, And you're watching it. It's, like, really good makeup on a demon or, like, witches flying through the air. Yeah. This must have blown people's minds <laughs> yeah, in 1938 or whatever it was. Yeah, and there's still there's scenes from that that I recognize, like that they've had in other more modern movies or stuff like that. And I was, you don't know what it is. It's just some creepy black and white scene with witches and possibly devils. And you're like, to see it, especially here, like it was amazing. And just to be able to, it's like when you first see the movie with the plane going in the moon's eye or whatever. And you're like, oh yeah, shit, yeah. that's the thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. Is there any ambition to jump into the trenches again and do another silent film one of these days? Maybe a comedy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or do a short. Do like a little Buster Keaton short yeah, or something. We're definitely Buster Keaton shorts. That would be yeah. funny. Be like that would be a whole other... Uh, we're going to need new instruments. Yeah. <laughs> Kazoos and yeah. stuff. I don't, I don't know. I feel like maybe writing... Uh, well, I don't know. The thing is they always say like horror and comedy are two of the hardest things to nail mm-hmm. as a genre. And I, I think it's the same for 
music in a way. I don't know. The horror we got down, I think, <laughs> yeah. but the, uh, I don't know, doing a comedy soundtrack. Yeah, I don't it's know. It's kind of the... easy to be like, oh yeah, that sounds scary. Yeah. It's like not very often that I'll play something and be like, oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not really a music genre. Could be something to go to. A few years back at the NAC, I got to see a bunch of Bugs Bunny shorts. Yeah. And that's a whole other endeavor that you kind of forget about because they had to go back to the original stuff. Right. Pull out the sound effect track, pull out the dialogue track, Mm -hmm. pull out the music track, and then go back in and just put in the voiceover and the black sound sound effects. Right. Because you're like, oh yeah, they can't play music over music. Yeah. But they unearthed some weirdo instruments because that sound that's at the beginning of every Looney Tunes short... They actually, it was this weird cannibalized instrument that they had to go to the basement of Warner Brothers. They had it there. And they're like, this is the one. This is the thing. And you can see. That's pretty cool. That's like trippy, man. The person who does like percussion and triangle and stuff. And you saw him standing there in his nice suit and kind of do the thing. And people are like, yeah. It's that guy. He's doing yeah. it. But okay, those were super fun. <laughs> and you realize at the time where. Nowadays, I think a lot of it and the technology is there where it might be for an independent film or a cartoon, it's a person on a keyboard with computer stuff. Right. But back then, it's this 40 piece orchestra to do a seven minute slapstick coyote cartoon. Yeah, really. And it's very impressive. Yeah. (laughs) That's the next step, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's what I I had thought after we did it last year. I was like, okay, well, let's just do a film that actually has dialogue. If you can get a copy of the movie without the soundtrack. I know there's some Blu-rays for more modern movies, but it's like a gimmick on it where it'll be a Star Wars movie and you can watch it just with the score Mm -hmm. just to kind of hear it like that. So there might be stuff like that, but it's not common, right? Like it's not easy to find the Bugs Bunny thing. They had to go back to these original sound reels to fix it up like that. Man, getting one without the sound, though, would be the real trick. Oh, like, who's yeah. that audience for? It's like, just you guys. I, mean. I yeah. see the uh, version of Star Wars Deluxe Edition where you can upload your own soundtrack yeah. to replace the Star Wars. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with that crazy instrument they found at the Looney Tunes basement. Yeah. Well, that was the big controversy with Star Trek, right? Where J.J. Abrams put in a Beastie Boys song as oh, if wow. it was classical music. Uh, oh, yeah. I thought it was great and kind of funny because it's like, okay, that song's 400 years old now, but man, some of the Trekkies did not like that no. real-world crossover. <laughs> God, it was like I can't a, imagine why. I remember yeah. A Knight's Tale uh, with Joker, Heath Ledger, oh, you know, yeah, and they yeah, did yeah. all the modern music to it, and I remember at the time a lot of people were like, whoa, this is an outrage. It's a risky move, I yeah. guess. But... Like, but it's like, who cares? It's a modern, not modern night movie targeted to teens, basically, so it's like having We Will Rock You is not gonna, I don't know, I didn't think that was a big deal. So for music enthusiasts, what's the breakdown? Like how many band members, how many instruments? Yeah, so there's six of us. I'm on guitar, Jameson's on uh, synthesizers and guitar. Got Graham on guitar as well. There's three guitars at times. And Annie plays violin and the Omnichord, which is another little funny toy synthesizer type thing. And then John Brownlee plays bass and Brian's on drums. Because you recorded it for... An album, correct? Well, so we recorded it live here. Okay. Yeah, I recorded one of the nights we did last oh, year. Oh, cool, cool. But we don't have like a studio recording of Okay, that's why I was curious if you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it turned out well, though, like considering. It. Yeah, it's a, you can, you know, it's on YouTube. You can watch it. Yeah, I don't get to see this year. I'm, I'm going to be in LA when you guys are doing it, so I don't get to. I was there last year, but cool. still, I would honestly seeing. Well, this sounds like 
like almost mean, but I was going to say almost seeing any band here is amazing, but seeing you guys here, yeah, like when yeah. it's actually like for me, like I love horror movies, obviously. So like, it's even better when it's something like that, because we did that one that was like, a, I think it was Japanese, like a cop drama or oh, something. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. what it was called. And it had a live score and it, it was still cool, but I don't know. For me, something was lost when it wasn't Nosferatu or like Haxen or something mm-hmm. like that. I was just like, I'm biased, so I'm not the right person to ask. But We did one that was under the banner of Nasty Women. <laughs> and it was a collection oh. of shorts. Amazing, again, because it's so old. And it was like awesome westerns and powerful women from 90 years ago. Okay. It was a selection from a Blu-ray collection that I think the National Film Board put out. And they came and did a handful of shorts. More of that kind of traditional, lighthearted, kind of comedic, really silent film sounding. They were really trying to match that kind of thing. Yeah. Versus doing a more kind of modern score or something. Yeah, I think that was like when we were first starting, that was like kind of a daunting thing. I remember uh, a few months before we even got into rehearsals the first time around, Jameson, me and Brian just watched a version of Nosferatu with, I don't know if it was supposed to be the original score. Was it just piano? It, no, it was like orchestral. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it was original or if, it, but it sounded like it was from the right era. And I <laughs> kind of remember watching that and listening to it and being like, how are we going to do anything even slightly <laughs> close to that? It sounded so goofy. Yeah, it sounded it weird. It not scary. And it would have been, with our band setup, it would have basically been impossible for us to play yeah. that kind of stuff. So like yours is spookier than actually. So the, the guy's not used to writing spooky outdid the original score in spookiness. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess it was like it had its moments where it sounded spooky, but it, the music sounded dated. Final light of that old stuff is like just real plinky piano. Stuff like that, yeah. And just kind of, it's almost like you could cut and paste it over any of them. I think a lot of them were working a lot. <laughs> yeah. So they were just like, that could go over any of these slapstick films or whatever and that must be like the most re-scored movie of all time in some ways we've had two different bands maybe more i don't know how long maybe, we've been yeah. playing those frauds 100 years probably so. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's really interesting to hear like the differences and i mean i imagine like it's not going to be exactly note the same as last year's performance i mean maybe it will i don't know like, no it's going to be better uh, there, yeah exactly <laughs> right you know yeah so. we've kind of we've been focused for now there were a couple uh, scenes in the movie where we really wanted to change the music because mm. we felt like we were kind of repeating some of the themes too many times last year. So I think we, we wrote a lot of new themes this year. Yeah, oh, we man. came up with Pretty a much lot of new ideas. The, uh... So even if you came last year, you got to come again. It's going to be a different show. For the sure. deluxe edition, like Star Wars style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a few Damn new num- numbers. I told you I can't come this year. <laughs> this is killing yeah. me. Yeah, record this year again, and that'd be good. Youth Tube, I believe you called it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah could use that. Yeah, and then right after you guys, before you guys, no, before, God, it's this week. I don't know. <laughs> we have Goblin coming in and doing Suspiria, and they were supposed to be here a year ago, and that didn't work out. So I'm still kind of like, yeah, I'll believe it when they are here and loading in their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but that is an example of something where they would have had to go back and pull out sound because Suspiria is a is a talkie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's going to be weird. There's a lot of people that bought tickets last year that kind of forgot, I think, cuz like now I'm seeing like a friend of mine was like, "Oh, geez, I have two tickets to this and I can't go now." Right. Like from a year ago and I'm like, "Oh, geez, you're gonna, you're going to miss out." I'm very curious cuz Eric's more savvy about going to bands and having shows canceled and stuff like that, but people were asking us, "Oh, is it going to be next week?" Well, I know it's not going to be next week cuz yeah. I'm sure they have other shows they have to go do. Yeah. 
but they were asking us questions we couldn't answer. We we're like, maybe six months from now, maybe a year from now. Yeah, maybe so. never. <laughs> Yo, it's a nightmare. Like, touring is a nightmare in general. But, like, yeah. as an Italian band, touring not in Italy, you know, coming to Canada, U.S., hitting all these stops. And they were playing, like, every night almost for, like, a month or two. They were playing yeah. a lunatic amount of shows for someone in their 70s. Yeah. yeah. Living wow. on a bus. It, for real, it was, like, whatever. Monday, Montreal, Tuesday, Ottawa, Wednesday, Hamilton, Thursday, Toronto, Friday, Buffalo. And there was one run where it was like 18 or 19 days straight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not a short show either. Like, I mean, they're playing the full movie and then another set on top of that. Yeah. Well, and you got to cash in when you can, obviously. Like, I get that. And one of the guys died, like, not on the tour or anything, but like, you know, in life in the last, like, I don't know, 10 years. I have no concept of time anymore. It was the last four years. They were asking if they could bring in smoke and stuff like that and i was like no. what like smoke in the theater <laughs> they wanted like fog machines oh and stuff. I, okay i thought you were like can we light up on can stage can we smoke yeah, yeah i was like i don't think that's quite illegal or but, anyway. but they also were asking if we had a green room it's and part like, of the performance yeah, yeah seriously yeah. it's a like, smoke machine that's what i call myself you're like, like oh, no shit. no we're a movie theater we yeah. don't have any of that other stuff the alley is the green room Literally. essentially yeah yeah just the whole band shoved back there there's about two feet of space or if you show up early enough, you can get a table at Quinn's. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's close enough. That always feels weird. Like, I've been over there before a show here, and you can faintly hear a movie, like, if you're close enough to the doors. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think that's almost over. It's like, it's the best feeling. Is You're like, yeah, I'm in the waiting lounge before I go to the movie. It's fun. So you said it was Lee who tricked you and peer pressured you into <laughs> doing this gig. Do you guys have any other Halloween favorites? Are you movie fans? I'm a pretty big movie buff, yeah, I would say. A buff. Yeah, he's also I mean... buff for those Oh, movies. yeah. <laughs> so it's a one-two punch. I assume you hated movies, and it was just like, this is how you exercise your demons? You're like, oh, no, God. yeah, like... Uh, no, some... that's me. Okay, okay. <laughs> some uh, horror ones that are big ones for me, I guess, like classics, like Shining, Exorcist. I see we have The Thing coming up. Yeah, oh, we, and we have The oh, Shining man. and Exorcist coming up, too, and it's a old-school two-for-the-price-of-one double bill. Oh, nice. Because we are bad business people, but it's fun to do stuff like that. It's rare, Does though. The Shining have a good soundtrack? Oh, yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you, you could be making the next soundtrack with The Shining. I mean, that's a long movie, though. I mean, God. I think that's the thing. Like, doing Nosferatu, it's like the original soundtrack. I don't even know. Like, and how long is Nosferatu? I forget. It's like an hour. It's like 35. an hour and a half. So, it's, uh, yeah, because Shining's like two and a half hours, I think. Exorcist is a couple hours. Yeah. It's, all, it's, it's a long double bill. I think people should bring back the intermission. <laughs> oh, I God, agree. I'm a supporter of intermissions. Those are fun. And plus, then you could play your regular songs during the intermission part and like kind of get the sound no, out no, there. No, no, no. We need the intermission, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like, so it's a recording of your guys' stuff, and you're pretending to play. I don't know. We'll figure this out. Well, there's some places. I might be making this up. Australia or someone like that, a friend of mine visited, and they just do intermissions. But even if it's only like a 95-minute kids movie... That's yeah. just how they do it. Yeah. People should get up and go to the Need bathroom. a break. Well, and nowadays, in recent months, we've done a couple where we had Sound of Music in here. And that actually has an intermission with the title card and the whole bit. And a little while back, a year ago, we did Lawrence of Arabia. And that has an old school intermission with a yeah. score playing and everything. Lawrence of Arabia is like four hours. God. Long, though, yeah. Well, yeah. Scorsese's new movie is supposedly three and a half hours. Yeah, I guess they're like... And it's tough for us because it's this kind of time. Oh, yeah, well, no. for a single screen theater, it throws everything off because we have Oppenheimer this week and it means we play Oppenheimer from six till nine. Yeah. And then we would prefer to have a 630 movie and a nine movie and it makes the late movie 945. Yeah. 
And for a lot of grown-ups, 9.45 might as well be one in the morning. It's tough to fit in. I don't know what we're going to do with a three-and-a-half-hour movie for Scorsese. There's still rumor he might whittle that down a bit. I'm like, yeah, do that, Scorsese. But not that much. Maybe like five, ten minutes, if that. Yeah. yeah. The Irishman ended up being... That like, was over three hours, yeah. yeah. And it's good, and it's obviously he's earned being able to do this and yeah. make it whatever length he wants and basically like we I was gonna say we have to play it like we want to play pretty it. much yeah but it's when it's a filmmaker like that I mean there's so few where you're just like okay you pencil that in already it's gonna happen you know? yeah I always think of it as I mean when you're at home you have the option to get up but you know sometimes you're at home and you're sitting on the couch watching tv for more than three hours or a hockey game lasts more than three hours but they have breaks yeah yeah that's With why all our set- intermissions yeah <laughs> it's perfect. Like, our Saturday morning cartoons is good because it's three hours but it's like a 25-minute episode of Ghostbusters and then commercials. Yeah. The thing is, sometimes people like watching the commercials because it's fun. Oh, yeah. Retro commercials. Yeah. I prefer Nostalgia. to leave during the actual thing. Because if it's like a Ghostbusters episode, I remember, or like yeah. Inspector Gadget, I'm like, oh, I like it fine, but this is a good time to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Watch these cartoons anytime. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's I'm going to see these commercials. <laughs> yeah. I so said that good. to the guy who curates it for us. I think we could sell three hours of retro Saturday morning cartoon commercials. Because some of them are bonkers. There's one and it's Vincent Price selling a board game for shrunken heads. and yeah, it's... Or Pie Face where it like hits you in the face with a pie. Like there's a lot of violent ones. <laughs> That's what or... kids did before the internet. And, yeah, like, I mean, that one was a swing thing was the worst one where it was like you had that thing on your head and then you swing your head to make it turn. And that's <laughs> that's the whole thing. It, that's the game, if you want to call it that. I'm like, that kid's going to throw his head off. Like, come on. My favorite from that era, and I was just bugging my mom about this recently. I was like a little kid, like four. And you know when you're a kid, a 12-year-old might as well be a 20-year-old. We were in a backyard in the 1980s, and the older kid had a, a lawn dart and was playing the game, I'm going to throw the lawn dart in the air as high as I can, and then you run around and try not to get hit by the lawn dart. And it's only a funny story because none of us got killed. <laughs> yeah. And I was asking my mom, I'm like, where were you? We were in the backyard playing throw the lawn dart in the air. Oh that's insane. It's just, it's a lot like Oppenheimer in a way, but that's uh, my like, on a old kid man level. story. When I was a kid, we threw lawn darts at each other. Holy lawn dart God. roulette. Yeah. Do they even sell lawn darts anymore? Days. Those are the days. I don't even know if you're allowed I to sell definitely them. definitely think they don't sell those. Yeah. Things. No. <laughs> it was a different time. Because some kid got a lawn dart in the eye. Probably you. You were involved. I can Probably. Tell. You said none of you got hurt, but maybe a kid you didn't know got hurt. I blanked it out. <laughs> Seriously. Not a cell phone in sight. <laughs> no. So while we're here, let us chat about some of these movies we have coming up this week for the week of Friday, October 6th. We have held over for a second week a movie called Scrapper which Whoa, is a yeah. father-daughter British movie. A nice feel-good movie. They box and... St- well, not box, but they're punching and... Uh, I might have lied. Boxing, I yeah. said it was like a soccer football movie, but I might have been... not those things? I don't know. I saw the poster and them running around on a field, and I think my brain was just, oh, they're playing soccer, but... What were they doing? If you, I think you just running, running around. I don't know. Okay. Being, having fun. So they may or may not play soccer in this movie, but they it's done to. well enough that we're bringing it back. So yeah. I, we should have had someone here who's seen the movie, but yeah. sorry. We you guys know. see that Scrapper movie? <laughs> no. I haven't seen that one. Yes. <laughs> then at long last, we have Barbie coming next week, yeah. which has been asked for for months. <laughs> Not a movie you would think we would normally screen, but it's this weird anomaly of a movie that is directed by indie darling Greta Gerwig, who has done stuff like Little Women. And I haven't seen it. I waited to see it here. But by all accounts, it's a comedic masterpiece. 
my nieces saw it four times, I think. I don't know. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. yeah. I saw it one time. It was... I, got, I saw it. I liked it. Yeah, it was... It might surprise you, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, I think it's, it's akin to the Lego movie, where a movie that people might have thought that could have just been made to sell more toys. Yeah. But they actually made a little bit of an effort to write a movie around it. It's definitely yeah. got some depth to it, though. And Mattel were great sports about... They really, like, took the piss out of themselves many times in that movie, where they're the bad guy, kind of. Like, I gotta remember to... It's uh, working out for them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? <laughs> I did hear that Mattel, based on the success of Barbie, wants to start the Mattel multiverse. I love so, it. Hungry oh Hippos. You could do the score for one of those Rock'em Sock'em Robots. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime. It's so funny when you hear a manager, or an agent, whatever, go, oh, you, you got to do a video that goes viral. And you're like, yeah, but <laughs> that's not how it works. Stuff theoretically goes viral of its own yeah. kind of fruition. Right. And... There's like, oh, we got to recreate Barbie. Well, yeah, but you know why that doesn't happen all the time? And if you just all of a sudden are like, hey, we got a Rubik's Cube movie, it might not work as well. Yeah, I'm so, listening, though. Tell me more about your Rubik's Cube movie. It could, Is it like the movie Cube? Because that was good. Well, I think that a Magic 8-Ball movie could work really well. Yeah. Either like a scary horror movie or a Jumanji mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Rock and Sock and Robots. liquid and then you're transported into another <laughs> Yeah. Dimension. It could be like a, more like a Fritz the Cats type scenario. At that Magic 8-Ball world. Got real trippy. Directed by David Lynch. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm listening. Or like Monopoly could just be like a straight up R-rated Wall Street kind of movie. It's just a really realistic uh, Yeah, like not funny about, at all. Oh my God. About the economy. You like come around the home to the, like, the cheap rent spots and everything's really sketchy <laughs> yeah it's just really sad and then good. they're like monopoly yeah Candyland was a think piece on obesity taxes up the ass oh my god i'd watch these movies just saying well, yeah, even the monopoly doing, one has legs yeah it does. even doing a straight sequel to barbie i think might be tough because a lot of times a movie like that surprises like back in the day like wayne's world was a big surprise yeah. did well and then part two wasn't bad but there's a reason there's not a part three because it just kind of was like, oh, no, that didn't work. My impression after seeing Barbie was that it's intended to be like a standalone yeah. thing. I find it hard to believe that they And would. I don't think Greta Gerwig might be interested in doing oh, a sequel. God, I don't think so. So they'll pawn it off on somebody who does sequels and it won't work. Yeah, I bet they'll make a bad sequel to that. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's responsible for the Mattel multiverse, though. That's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Which we've already developed on our <laughs> yeah. own just now. <laughs> we got some ideas. Then we have our... 163rd presentation of The Room, Halloween month edition, and it just uh, keeps coming back. Yeah, it's scary how many times we've played this. To That's an example of, of saying, do that again. And it's very impressive that in four decades, five decades, really it's Rocky Horror Picture Show and The Room. And of course there are other B-movies and cult movies out there, but they don't have that <laughs> play it once a month kind of thing. And we've played stuff like, Sharknado or uh, Miami Connection, mm -hmm. and they do okay, but not that play it once a month and people keep coming and coming and coming. It's very weird. I don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's great for business, but it's also like... Well, we're right in the midst of the Neil Breen thing. True. Where we're screening the new Neil Breen movie. If you guys don't know him, he's another Tommy Wiseau-esque, so bad it's good kind of movie. Auteur. He does it all. But I watched it when we screened it a couple weeks ago and... <laughs> I can't explain it. It's, I, like, yeah. I can't explain it. Like, right. I, I don't know what was going on. Yeah, and it's that works great in small doses. Like when we play that once to three times, you know, it does well. But there's no way that that would work month after month. And you hear people not even being facetious or trying to be funny, <laughs> yelling out something, going, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, if you go in, into the room without any context of what you're getting into, it would be very confusing why you were there. And if you didn't know it was an audience <laughs> participation thing, like, that would really, I mean, oh my god. I think we've had that before where someone came to see it. Randomly, And didn't know yeah. that it was an audience participation. They're like, everyone's a dick. They're just screaming <laughs> all the time. I can't hear this really good dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> well, my favorite story for that is a friend of mine has it on DVD, got it when Tommy was here and got it autographed. So it was sitting at her house and her dad was visiting and she was at work and her dad's like, I'm going to put on a movie. What's this? So imagine putting on the room with no context, no lead up and just thinking it's a drama romantic yeah, movie. Exactly. And he saw her when she came home and was like, why do you have this movie? Did he watch the whole thing like sex scenes, no fast forwarding? I don't know if he gave up on it. <laughs> I, see, I watched it at home because I was able to fast forward to very long sex scenes. Like they felt like about 10 minutes each. Yeah. So, but oh, you're not getting the full effect. Yeah. yeah. So, so technically, I have not seen the whole movie if we really want to argue it, but <laughs> I've also never seen it here with the madness. I don't oh, know. Oh, you've never seen it here? Really? Oh, it's I, crazy. I, I've done Rocky Horror, but like, the I don't know, man. It just, I don't know. The whole spoon thing, it, I don't know. There's a lot going on. It feels like the energy is like a little intense for me. Somebody brought up the question. I never thought of it, but plastic spoons are going away. Like, they're getting rid mm. of styrofoam bowls, plastic spoons. And someone's like, what What are they going to do with the room? And I'm like, well, just don't throw metal ones. Yeah, oh like, my God. I've been saying for years it should be biodegradable. Either, you know, we can sell them at the door or like, well, you know, I don't know, some sort of thing. Maybe you take a dollar off, you bring your own spoon. I don't know. I think some savvy people collect them back up again. Yeah. Because why not? That's the thing that kills me. Like, I love people having fun and, and it's great for business. The garbage bags upon garbage bags <laughs> yeah. of plastic going to the landfill kills me. And yeah. I try not to think about it. I don't want to be a downer, you know, with death chips here, but it's still like... <laughs> then, back-to-back -back weeks, we have Saturday Night Cinema making a return. Crazy. Basically just to get an October edition, because usually we have it near the end of the month, but we've got so many special events coming up that we didn't have room for a cinema. So this will be another Halloween month edition of Saturday Night Cinema, our free-for-members, members-only secret late late movie presentation and this will actually be lee this time i've done the last three i think oh wow i think he wanted to do the last one but then he realized there was a specific date that the next one falls on and he wanted to uh, honor yeah. that and so i was like i don't care i'll do either of them so yeah so yeah i ended up doing last saturday people loved it it was so good did you wait till midnight and say it was halloween month uh, i did i did cool. i waited until yeah because it was yeah there was a lot going on I don't, I don't think anyone was excited as i was but still yeah. i was like i don't want to alarm everyone but it's october 1st and I, like one guy clapped so <laughs> i don't know thanks that guy uh so then for halloween month the aforementioned john carpenter's the thing oh man which... I last night i watched john carpenter's vampires which is oh, not as good no <laughs> The thing I, it's my go-to example of remakes are not a bad idea all the time because John Carpenter's a thing. You don't want to throw around masterpiece all the time, but it's a straight up masterpiece. It's great. I it's, love the thing. It's such a perfect little script because it's all kind of a bunch of guys in one location. There are some great effects, of course, but it's so the acting, like just the simplicity of you don't know who is good or bad and that it tricks you over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And that scene where they're testing the blood is, I think, I've seen it, and you see it again, and you're still kind of edge of your seat. Yeah, the practical <laughs> effects hold up well in the thing. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. No, it's unbelievable. And I think the greatest dog acting in a movie <laughs> ever. It's got to be up there. Because I look back and I'm like, oh, I hope they didn't, I hope that dog was just good at doing that and they weren't actually terrifying the poor dog. Because yeah. a dog on a movie set, they don't know what the hell's going on. No. 
But that dog in that movie, when things were going down... Integral was, to the plot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, better treated than the Homeward Bound dog, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, think a lot of those didn't make it. But, oh, you're uh, not telling me the Homeward Bound dog got mistreated. Uh, yeah. No, not Homeward Bound. Milo and Otis. Uh, yeah, I'm sure nothing bad happened on Homeward Bound. Don't worry about that. But yeah. Milo and Otis. <laughs> One Those of them dogs died. Are we, still alive. Yeah, Milo or Otis died. We won't tell you which one. That'll really bring you down. And the thing, if anyone happens to be listening who hasn't seen it, I will not spoil the ending. But the ending is amazing. And I remember Eric was at a previous screening a year or two ago, and a guy fell asleep. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about. We thought he was. Well, at first we were like, "Is he dead?" I mean, we don't actually think he is, but you know, it's a theater and it's a horror movie. Like you don't know. And then we like poked him and he just literally had just passed like he wasn't even drinking. He just passed out like <laughs> watching a nine o'clock movie. It wasn't even that late. And then he's like, Oh, what happened? I'm like, what happened in the thing? Like it's kinda I, hard to explain. Yeah, and yeah. especially like when did you fall asleep? Because like the last I mean it's all integral, but the last 10, 15 minutes or so is like pretty key. There were some guys in the snow and an alien. And I never want to... It's. I mean, he asked me to spoil it, I suppose, but I still feel... It's like when a guy was like, what's Soylent Green? And I'm yeah. like, I don't I don't know, watch it. Like, I don't want to be that guy. And then you're going to be like, well, I'm not watching it now because you told me what Everybody it was. Everybody knows what Soylent Green is. Except <laughs> that guy. That one guy. It might have been the same guy who fell asleep in the thing. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go home and watch the end of the thing. I don't know, maybe Soylent Green as well. But I was just like, man, that's the present. You were at the Mayfair watching this movie and now you're going to go home on your TV and watch, on your phone and watch the last 10 minutes and be like, oh, cool, yeah. My friend came with me and fell asleep at the Holy Mountain. Oh, that's How are you wow. fall asleep in that? That's impressive. That is... She has magic powers. Holy. <laughs> She's in the band. Yeah. Too. Oh, God. As long as they stay awake during the performance yourselves, yeah. <laughs> like, it should be fine, I suppose. Was it a defense mechanism that the movie was just too weird and her brain shut off? <laughs> yeah, it sounded like she, it. She likes to nap. <laughs> That's awesome. That's very impressive. And then so finally this week for Halloween month, crossing over with our William Friedkin tribute fest is we have this weird 90s movie that nobody remembers called The Guardian. And it's a evil babysitter witch horror movie that is probably not as remembered as The Exorcist or The French Connection or Sorcerer on Mr. Friedkin's resume but a really cool get just one of those fun movies that you're never going to see this again like i don't think this has screened at the mayfair probably since 1990 i do i remember the poster the vhs cover like yeah I, but i never saw it i thought i saw it but this whole time it was a different movie the well, sentinel was, i was thinking it was of. kind of the era of that femme fatale hand that rocks the cradle For sure. even basic instinct yeah. it was kind of in that era of hollywood doing yeah, these kind of films the psychosexual horror yeah. type stuff yeah and this one is unlike Basic in Sneaker Hand the Rocks the Cradle. This one is full on witchy supernatural. So that's our screenings for the week of Friday, October 6th. Uh, any final plug you guys want to give for the, the big show? Get your tickets. <laughs> yeah. We, we sold out twice last year. So yeah. We're hoping to do that again. Uh, did you uh, play twice last year or was it? Yeah, two nights. Three, two nights, okay. We did a Friday and a Saturday last year as well. It's all a blur. That's good. Split it up so you're not exhausted doing two shows back to back. Yeah. I'm not going to be here, so I can't. I don't know. I can't. I'm just too sad. This whole interview was very hard for me. I'm just <laughs> thinking about what a great show everyone but me will get to see. But Is there any other uh, band, album, show, website you guys want to plug? or? Uh, yeah, tell us all your uh, bands you and stuff. the other music that we make. We got the Annie Martell band. We're playing at Irene's on November 3rd. Okay, cool. People want to come down for that. There you go. That's not even far. That's just a couple blocks, yeah. basically. The Jameson Mackay Band, also playing at Irene's. Same, on is it December the same eighth? Uh, right, December eighth. Check out Irene's; they have all kinds of cool stuff in there. We play there on occasion. That's an amazing venue. Excellent. 
Uh, okay, so thanks for dropping by, guys. Looking forward to the big show. Thanks for having us. It's going to be awesome. And uh, you can check out MayfairTheater.ca for updates on other movies coming soon and all the social medias. And we'll see you back next week where we'll have uh, Sam on to talk about Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hooray. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. And hopefully next week, next week, next year, we can have you for a Buster Keaton Fest oh, with yeah. some <laughs> hilarious new soundtrack. No we'll pressure. see. <laughs> He shocked us with the most frightening movie of our time. And now, from William Friedkin, director of The Exorcist, Hello. comes a tale of the terrifying power of evil. She's not gonna pass to me. The Guardian. Ah! Don't let her into your house. Ah! She cooks, she claims she takes care of the baby. What else does she do? The Guardian. Rated R.